1: Hi, I'm Yannick Hanfman. I'm Lilia Marchenko. I'm Dennis Kudler. Hi. This is Sebastian Wolfner. It's Mark Andrea Wiesler. I
0: am Francisco Serundelo. And you're listening to the podcast.
1: Hopefully, you enjoy it. <laughs> <Hopefully>. <laughs> Novak Djokovic comes in. He steals the title. He wins the 23rd Grand Slam. He's the first guy in history to win 23 Grand Slam.
0: Alcaraz is going to win Roland Garros this year. He wants to be the greatest player. He wants to emulate some of the big goats of the game. I think is going to win Roland Garros and win it back back. It doesn't happen often. Iga Sriantek is going to be picking up her third. And in the men's, Daniel Medvedev. Rude winning Roland Garros. Ostapenko is going to get her second Roland Garros title. Oh, Alcaraz is going to win the men's side. Iga
1: Sriantek is going to uh, to win on the women's. Daniil Medvedev and
0: Jessica Pagula will bring home
1: the dribbles this year. Novak Djokovic clinching between the third. And then on the women's side, we're
0: going to women's side that on fire has won titles on every surface. Her name is Elena Brabacchina. And on the men's, Carlos Alcaraz will win his first
1: French Open. Novak Djokovic is the 2023 Roland Garros champion. Hey, welcome back tennis fans. It's the big one. The one we've all been waiting for. That's right. Djokovic Alcalaz. before we had the draw preview, people were saying, which side of the draw are they going to be drawn in? Then we found out they're in the same side of the draw. And then we were just hoping the semi final would happen. Well, guess what? Now it's here. And we are ready to go through all of the stats, all of the previous uh, stats from their last meeting, and talk about who we want to win and take. Uh, a place in that final where this is the stronger side and expected winner could come out of this matchup. Isn't that right, JG? Yeah, we
0: are not overreacting today. This is by far the biggest match of 2023. We have the world number one versus the man who's trying to get back to world number one. He's been there more than anyone else. He's won 22 Grand Slams. He's trying to get to number 23 first and go one up on Rafael Nadal, who sadly couldn't be at this year's Roland Garros. This match has the making to be one of the greatest matches we've ever watched. And the only real disappointing part of it is that it's not going to be the final. I feel like... This should be the final. They're the two best players, uh, particularly on the clay court. So I don't want anyone saying Dan and Medvedev. Certainly, these two are the number one and number two on clay right now. Rafael Nadal's not around, he's injured. So we have a young Carlos Alcaraz who is taking the Spanish flag and flying it very high because he's been playing some of the best tennis I've ever seen from him in this tournament. Before a ball was hit, I predicted him to win Ronald Garros. It's not the craziest thing in the world. He was the favourite. You went for Novak Djokovic. We're going to be going head-to-head for this match. And I cannot wait. Make sure to join us for the watch-along. If you're watching this uh, tonight, then (laughs) you know where to find us. Hit the bell, subscribe, like the video. If you're watching this live, The match commentary will be coming up very soon.
1: That's right. I cannot wait. And we're talking about world number ones and obviously Djokovic, the number three seed coming into this. If he wins Roland Garros, he will go back to world number one again. So all of those weeks at number one keep piling up for him. That's got to be another aim for him. But I'm sure the Roland Garros title will be the main thing. But he's not looking past his opponent who is... On fire, probably the best uh, thing to say, really, with this graphic <laughs> on the screen. Carlos Alcaraz. I mean, I said it in my preview previous to this when I was just doing it on my own. I was sort of picking Novak Djokovic in this tournament because it's five sets, I know what he's all about. We've he's been there, done it, got the t shirt, and Alcaraz. I was just sort of thinking maybe he wouldn't be quite as good as he is. And he's proved me completely wrong. He is incredible, quite clearly. He's destroying people left, right and centre on the clay courts of Roland Garros this year and making light work of top 10 opponents uh, like Stefano Sisipas, who he just seems to just have his number of. It's incredible. Djokovic has been incredible too, but it's been a very different style of tournament from both players. I think they've sort of gone through uh, convinced well, convincingly in their last matches, but I feel like Djokovic has maybe taken a little bit longer to get going. Uh, Alcaraz sort of just hit the ground running. has just been pulverizing people drop that one set to Tara Daniel, but it's quite scary the way that Carlos Alcaraz is playing tennis right now. And if anybody's going to stop him, Surely the only person right now who's actually in this tournament is Novak Djokovic. Yes, let's
0: talk Carlos Alcaláz. And I want to do a little piece at the beginning here. And that is talking about some of the matches he's played. Before we get into the tweets, one big saving grace for Novak Djokovic, despite him being one of the greatest players of all time and winning 22 grand slams, of course, that does help, um, is that he's got a two-handed backhand. That, of course, will help him massively. Carlos Alcaraz has a 95% winning record against players with a one-handed backhand. He hardly ever loses. This event puts that to show, beating Shapovalov, Massetti and sisipas in the last few matches. And let's be, let's be totally honest, all three of them were so one-sided. It looked like a professional player playing against you. I'm not going to be too disrespectful, but they didn't have they didn't have a chance. There was not one moment no. where I thought they were going to win 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 the match. Sista had a bit of a spell in the third, but I think Alcaraz's level dropped. That's the only reason why that happened. Djokovic has a double-handed backhand. That's going to, of course, be very uh, useful to him. He, of course, does have one of the best backhands in the world, if not the greatest ever. He's a brilliant returner. We don't even need to talk about Novotok, which is a tennis player. Everyone already knows he is arguably one of the greatest, the greatest. I hate to say it, but so, so good. So he's going to be prepared for this challenge. But is he going to be prepared for a Carlos Alcaraz who's going to come out the traps very fast? A few, was it last year against Rafael Nadal? That was... A quarter-final, was that all right? Yes, that's right. And Nadal come out very quick in that one as well. And Djokovic found it a little bit harder. He was always playing catch-up from that moment on. Yeah. My fear for Djokovic is we could see something similar with Adikas coming out very, very fast, hitting the ball extremely hard. Some of the forehand winners we've seen from, from Carlos, I know we both covered the Vesetti match in full on the live watch logs, Them forehands were like... And Nick Kyrgios smacking the ball on the hard courts. He was absolutely ripping the ball to shreds. And no one can get them back. If he's no. playing in that level, inspired, looking for the trophy, hungry, hitting lines, hitting hard, I don't care who you are. You're not going to get them back. And that is what makes this hope so exciting. Because I feel that maybe Carlos Alcalaz has this match in his hands. I feel the destiny of his, of this, is mon, monumental. He won a, a slam last year, being his first slam. We're looking at him coming into this one. He was the favourite before a ball was hit. And he's going to just be going in the same trajectory as some of these great players. He's so reminiscent of an early Federer who broke through. And I am really worried for Novak Djokovic because if Alcaraz plays his best game, I don't think he stops him.
1: I mean, it's the it's the big question of uh, youth versus experience and the age, and obviously Djokovic being what sixteen years is it his elder, and not getting any younger, and that's the the one thing that he get when he gets going, he, you can see he can go forever, but it's just that getting going that takes a little bit longer these days. I th- I feel, and if you can't give this is what I think you can't give Carlos Alcaraz too much of a head start in this match I feel that one set maybe two sets I don't think I feel that if it goes two sets I feel that Alcaraz in the third set may just think right well, I'm just gonna go hell for leather in the third I got nothing to lose now I don't think he'll play Start playing defensive I think he'll just go even harder just trying to get him out of there so that's the scary thing for Djokovic is you've got to get yourself on the board within the first couple of sets, I feel, because Alcalaz, well, this is a big moment for him as well. You've got to remember that nerves, he's not immune to nerves. He has shown that he can maybe throw away some leads in the past, even against pass sort of threw away a 5-2 advantage, ended up being quite close in the end of that set. But he can come back, and it's his movement around the court which could be the key to victory against Novak Djokovic. The youth... The speed, the fact that he chases everything down, doesn't matter if he's going to get there or not. He'll just chase it down just to show you that he's hungry and he's never going to stop running. That's so, a sounds scary... like you've
0: turned your head then. Are you supporting Alcaraz on this one?
1: I'm not, but I'm very, very oh, aware, aware of the threat. It's not too I'm, late. Awa- the match I'm aware.
0: If you want to support Carlos Alcala's, come and join us. Come and join us.
1: I'm aware of the threat. I'm scared of the threat. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to tell the truth. i am He scares me. And me wanting Djokovic to win this, I know that it's going to be such a hard match for Djokovic. But if anyone can do it, and if anybody can go to the distance, to the depths, to the trenches, it is Djokovic. And if he gets him into maybe deep into a fifth set, there's nobody more clutch with their serve, nobody more clutch with all of their tennis in big moments than Novak Djokovic. He, we've seen it at Wimbledon. We've seen it in so many slams where he just gets it over the line. When you think he's done and dusted, he just pulls it out of the bag. So you never lose that mentality. Oh, it's, it's, it's the
0: best of five setup up with um, Novak Djokovic. There's not many players better than him in that. So, of course, you're always going to be fearful. And yeah. even if Alicolas takes the first two sets... It's not over. It's really not over. He does it to a lot of players. Let's not look too far ago When he won Roland Garros, defeating Sissipas, he was two sets up. Okay. So all it took was a bit of a wobble in the third. A very critical game. And he never looked back after that moment. Massetti as well. not too long. I know that wasn't a slam final, but still, he was two sets up. Comeback, winning five. Djokovic has the ability to do that. On Alcaraz's side, I want to speak not just about his tennis, but also his mental fortitude. There's not many players of his age group who are as mental, mentally strong as he is. And there's a quote after the match he played against Sissipas. Um, And this is what he said. He said, since the draw came out, everyone was expecting that match. Obviously, referring to this yeah. one, the uh, semi-final with Novak Djokovic. Myself as well. I really want to play that match. If you want to be the best... You have to beat the best, said Carlos Alcaraz. And there's two parts of that. He's, he's even admitting, before a ball was hit, he was expecting to get to the semi-final and he was expecting Novak Djokovic to be there. Some people would say that's arrogant. I don't find it arrogant. I think that is someone with a lot of self-confidence, belief in themselves. And that is what differentiates him from a lot of other young players because he doesn't just play the tennis, he doesn't just do all these amazing drop shots. He backs it up. He can yeah. back it up. He believes in himself. He's got so much belief running through him. He wants to be a great player. He wants to be considered one of the greatest of all time. Someone so young like he is, he's talking like an ex- like an experienced professional who's been on the tour for years and years and years. He it was expecting to be in this semi-final against Novak Djokovic. And he wants to challenge himself because he believes when he plays his best tennis, he beats everyone. And I'm hoping the same thing happens here today.
1: I mean, confidence, it's not blind confidence. Let's put it that way. I mean, you can be confident, but when you play the style of tennis he's been playing in this tournament, would you not be confident going into the next? After you've just dismantled Lorenzo Musetti, who's been looking in probably the best form I've seen him at Roland Garros. And he absolutely destroyed him. There was not even a close match at all. And that's somebody who's beaten him in a final uh, last year. So that's somebody who had one over on him before. He probably he's got he's storing all those things up there as well, and he's thinking like you're not going to get me this time. I'm going to take you out, and I'm going to do it in such emphatic fashion. You're going to question your own game now. Where do you have to make adjustments to get back to my level? His level's gone up since last year. And that was when he beat Djokovic in their only match, as we know. That was uh, in Madrid. It was an, it was an epic match. I mean, it was over three hours long. I mean, let's just have a look at the, the actual summary of that match. This is it. Three hours, 38 minutes this was. I remember it well because I remember Liam covering it. We covered it just at the end as well. And what a close match, though. Two tie breaks in there and a 7-5. And it went all the way to the wire in the final tiebreak, 7-5. So, Djokovic pretty much as good as him that day. Just slightly less. But An incredible match. I'm hoping we get that same level for this. And it was
0: pretty much a year ago today, give or take. I mean, another month on top. And I think Carlos has come on leaps and bounds since then. I don't think Djokovic maybe is playing as well, but... The last few matches certainly has upped his level. When I thought he ran run away with that match against Hichanoff when it mattered and yeah. did something similar in the round before. Again, still was he playing before? For was it? Yes. I can bring up... Well, that was there. just dominant. That was just yeah. so one-sided, that match. Um, but, yeah, like you said, went all the way to a tie-break. If it goes tie-break, however, this year... I don't fancy anyone but Novak Djokovic. He's got an absolute flawless yes. record in tie breaks. I know there is a tweet. There it is. Um, I don't know if you want to read it out because it's yep. much smaller on the phone.
1: Sure, no worries. Novak Djokovic tie break records at Roland Garros in 2023. Five tie breaks. Five tie breaks won. 35 points won out of 47. 13 winners and zero unforced errors. And that is in five Whole tie breaks with 47 points, which clutch is the word. And this is the thing that he brings. And this is the thing that I was sort of saying about when he goes deeper into a match, when the serve starts actually firing, he becomes sort of like a a robot almost with you just know what you're going to get. The serve is great. You know, he gets so many cheap points. He gets aces. He gets unreturnables. And he he was actually conversing with his box a lot in that last match, trying to work out where he was going wrong. Cause Hachana was playing really well. And he was just thinking like, how do I unsettle them? And they said, well, pretty much it must've been, cause he was going like pointing to his box after he worked it out, which was go back in behind him. Sounds obvious, doesn't it? But he wasn't doing it much. Mm. He served as soon as it came back, he went in back behind him nearly every time. And he won nearly every point after that. And the change of direction on clay, obviously so difficult, So you end up sliding. He won from four all in the second set. He won 35 out of 36 points on serve and had, I think it was seven games to love and then ended up with the second set where he won the tie break to love. And then he won the third set, 6-2, and then he was up a break in in that fourth set. So it was just literally from good serving, it changed the entire match just madness how that, uh, how he can do that in just an instant. It just clicked, just like that.
0: Yeah, with Djokovic, he seems like he's a player who relies on rhythm. Uh, and when the rhythm is there and everything's going right and he's feeling himself, he's feeling his serves, which is so important, it's difficult to win points against his serve, let alone break him. I and mean, that's what Carlos is going to have to try and do. If he wants to win the match, you've got to break your opponent. It's going to be very difficult if it goes all the way to a tie-break because look at this record. It's flawless. And I think a big part of it is when he gets to the tie-breaks, what we find is he's finding first serves. He's getting unreturnable serves. If there's a rally, he's rallying to the very end, pulling off the spectacular, not giving up on any balls and just playing. Um Tennis without making any unforced errors it doesn't make an unforced error in a yeah. in a tiebreak. What's that one? Oh, no zero unforced errors
1: <laughs> all the tiebreaks. Yeah, it's
0: not a not single one. So that that, that just speaks volumes. It doesn't a point in a tiebreak is worth so much more than any other point in the rest of the set. If you don't make any any errors, you've got a really good shot of winning them. Especially if you serve well.
1: Yeah, I don't know how you feel about. It. I had like a view on the last match and some people were disagreeing with me like Gary was disagreeing with me in the live chat I was just putting it out there that it could be possible obviously Djokovic he knows his age he knows his body capabilities he knows what potential injuries he may have now that, uh, that we don't know about there might be something that if he plays too hard too early in a slam he may aggravate something and then this match against Alcaraz he won't be able to perform at his top level so playing someone like Hachanov or Valias or Fakina I feel like sometimes I notice he's not really hitting the ball so hard he just rallies he's just trying to maneuver players around the court he he's not for me that's not 100% that's that's he's playing playing with, playing with his food a little bit and just trying to work out how can I beat you in the easiest way for my body but well, I don't mind going to five sets if I have to go five sets. But as long as I don't get injured in this match or tire my whole body out or ruin my body in this match, I'm happy to just rally with you and just play at 60%, 70% as long as I beat you. Because I know that I can outlast you. And I know that eventually your legs will get more tired than mine.
0: But you agree that won't work against Alcala?
1: No, that, that's why I think that he may have saved up. A lot of energy, like the energy bar at the start of the, the Ronald Garros, maybe goes down loads if you use up loads in those first rounds. It's like hitting full, hitting hard, trying to wipe players off the court, like Alcaraz does. I think if Djokovic tries that the whole first week, he might not have much energy left to take on Alcaraz in this. But maybe he saved it all up, and now he will get to see a hundred percent Djokovic in this match. It's a theory. Try.
0: Well, yeah, mate, I can understand what you're saying. I mean, there's some logic to it. But <laughs> yeah, let, let us know, guys. What do you think? Do you agree with what Ben Thing has is to crossed. say? <laughs> you, you've almost sold me on it. Almost sold me. Uh, but let's go back to what you were talking about a second ago, and that was their previous encounter. We got a tweet yes. from the big three. So looking back to that 2022 Madrid, Djokovic won 49% of Alcaz's second serve points. The difference was the final set, Alcalaz then hit 81% of first serves in and then won 74% of those points. So what was happening was Djokovic was really attacking the second ser- serves of Alcalá's. From last year, I think his second serves have improved. I don't yeah. think they're as easy to attack as what they were. I think on this surface, is a little bit different to the madrid clay it is a little bit more forgiving in the fact that it will give Alcaraz a little bit more time, which makes it a little bit more difficult to hit these big winners off his second serve. Definitely. So I'm not sure how relevant this is going to be to this match. It's a complete different year as well and Alcaraz is a different player. He's come on so much since then. But I like the, the reason I like the tweet is because it showed there was a minor issue in that second set and that is why Carlos Alcaraz lost it. He lost it 7-5 to Djokovic, extremely tight. And he was able to adjust in real time. And all of a sudden, he realised and put the emphasis on the fact that I am going to lose this match if I keep producing too many second serves. Turned it on its head and found loads of first serves in the third set. So if something isn't going right and he finds himself two sets to one down or two sets to love down, I think Alcaraz has the tools and ability to to be able to mix it up and change something. He's a very, very intelligent player, and that's what I want people to take from this. Adikaz is not going to just play one-dimensional tennis. If things aren't going right, maybe he'll just keep going back to the drop shots, or maybe he will start playing the ball a little bit softer. I'm not sure what he's going to do, but he will work it out in real time. He knows better than what I do on his tactics, and I like that about him.
1: Will this be battle of the drop shots uh, in this match as well? Djokovic in his last match, 43 drop shots, which I think was a record for the last round uh, of uh, Roland Garros. So we know what Alcaraz is all about with those drop shots as well. He is unbelievable at them. So it could be who gets off first. We could see a lot of close encounters at the net and uh, people getting hit by the ball maybe. We saw eager get hit by the ball in a... Last match, Coco Goff hit her with the ball uh, at the net, but it can happen. Norrie hit Djokovic with the ball at the net as well. I hit
0: you with the ball in a
1: That's it. Everybody's Straight hitting their in the every- chest. That's
0: it. I told <laughs> what? you, don't try and drop shot me, Ben. You go, I'm going to hit you in the chest, and that's what I, I did.
1: I didn't know where to go. I just took it. <laughs> just like a bullet in the chest. I <laughs> didn't know what was going on. I was
0: like, oh. <laughs> I didn't tell I didn't actually the- mean to hit you. I just tried to play it down the middle, and that's where you was, unfortunately.
1: As long as he didn't get me in the eye or something, that would have been worse. It was a good test,
0: great control. Anyway, Declan Rice would be proud. I'm sure oh. he would. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Snuck <laughs> it in there. <laughs> Snuck <laughs> it in,
1: yeah. Uh,
0: for those who don't know, West Ham are champions of Europe. Just get that out there. Uh, but let's go back to Carlos Alcaláza's drop shots. I know he used to be about drop shots for Djokovic and how amazing yes. he's been. He said the leader. I don't know if he's got money no. more than this, though, because, look, we've got Para plus five. I don't going to bring the tweet up. Yeah, we'll Carlos find has it. played 83 drop shots on the tournament. 10% of his points ended on a drop shot. And the ball has only come back 42% of the time. 48% <laughs> of the time, the drop shot has been a point ender without him having to do anything else. That's pretty good. And, listen, if you aren't someone who's a mathematical mind you probably just see loads of percentages and think, oh, what's going on? It's too hard to even work out what's happening. The top and bottom of it is this kid is very good at drop shots. And a lot of the time, if he produces one, the opponent does not get the ball back. Sister (laughs) Pass doesn't even bother with him. He (laughs) looks at him and thinks, I'm not going for that. He's like, Sister Pass is like a dog in the sun. You throw the ball, the dog's a little bit tired, doesn't really fancy running it down. However, Djokovic... He's like a a German shepherd. And a German shepherd, if anyone's got one at home, they love balls. They absolutely love footballs, tennis balls, whatever it is. You can throw a ball all day and they'll get it. Novak Djokovic, Rafael Nadal, these top players, they love it. They love a ball just like a German shepherd. They will hunt it down. And he, I know you were saying the other day watching Djokovic, he looked a bit old running back. Uh, I think a player was—I forget who—we kept lobbing him. Was it Varias Kept lobbing him. Someone was. Yeah. And Djokovic so. was running back to the baseline, <laughs> and there was a bit like he was, looked a bit slow. Laboured in the dirt. Very mm. laboured effort. However, he's still so much better than everyone else at tracking down balls, and I think he will be able to get to a lot more than the rest of the op- opponents and has played. But still, he won't get to enough, and that's why he could come up and find himself in a little bit of trouble to the new Spanish king on the block.
1: Well, it's something... It's maybe the prince. Um, It still is playing on in my mind that he's saving something from those. That's what I'm hoping anyway, that Djokovic, he hasn't been playing to his full and that's why we haven't really seen... We've seen him sprint to the net a few times and doing his traditional slide and angles and stuff like that. I feel that he's going to give it everything, this this match. There's not going to be a stone left unturned. He's going to be chasing down everything. Like those last matches, not, not to be disrespectful to his opponents, but he doesn't have to chase everything down. He probably knows he's going to have more opportunities. He's going to have... A, a service game next he's probably going to win to love or he's going to he's always in that match this one it's worth chasing down every single ball that's the thing with this match it, you're going to have to win it make them play another shot at all opportunities uh, and that's the one thing i'm hoping he's saved every last piece of gas in the tank and he's going to be going full full pelt I'm hoping from the off. I don't want to see super slow start. I want to see like Nadal, Djokovic in that epic <laughs> match that we saw when it literally the first set was one hour 45 <laughs> or something crazy like that. I want that level of where everyone said this is a different sport that we're watching. This isn't even normal. It was about 40 shot rallies. I want that Djokovic. Playing in yeah, this but match. what
0: about if we get like a six-hour match, and both players are just—they give their—they give their all. Casper is demolishes Veret in, <laughs> in the other semi, and then Casper Ruud gets to the final against the Olympian Djokovic or Alcaraz, Windsor. and splits them off the court in Casper Ruud style, taking opportunities when they're presented.
1: Could happen. That's the thing. Kasper this is a dang- Rude,
0: Roland Garros champion after he demolishes Novak Djokovic in a quick one hour and a half. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the thing is, Kasper Rude would probably just be happy not to see Rafa there. If he gets the, that's the main thing. If he sees Alconise, he'd be like, oh, I don't want a Spanish But probably be happier with Djokovic, which is crazy to say. Well, that
0: beat him, didn't he, in the US Open final.
1: Exactly. He doesn't want to face any more... Spaniards in finals, so it'd probably take Djokovic over any Spanish person if you could help it. But careful what you wish for because Djokovic will be going for number 23, so that would be probably just as hard, if not even more difficult. Be like a dog with a bone, you're not going to get that. Anyone says, Oh, I
0: hope I get Djokovic in the Grand Slam (laughs) final.
1: Said no one ever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, who do you want in the final? I'll take Djokovic for an easier ride.
1: That's what Alcaraz was saying. I hope I get Djokovic in the semi. (laughs) Nice, easy one.
0: All right, let's go to the next tweet.
1: That's it. Right, let's just have a look at this one. This one, Juan Carlos Ferrero on Alcaraz and Djokovic saying, we know Novak is going to give absolutely his best. He's a 22-time slam champion. He's going to fight until the last ball. That's what we were just saying. We expect a really tough, close match. Carlos believes a lot in himself. He believes. He can beat Novak.
0: Yeah, this is a good summary, really, of what we've been speaking about the last five, ten minutes. He's got the self-belief. Djokovic is going to fight to the very end. So we know them two things are definitely going to happen. Who's going to win? We don't actually know. So if you are watching this right now live, let us know in the live chat. Who do you think is going to win? Smash that like button as well. And we will put some comments on the screen right now on who you are supporting in this semi-final, which feels like a final, but it's not <laughs> the final, because you've got Zverev, um, uh, they wanted said Runa then, not Runa, he went out rude in the other one.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a bit lopsided, this draw. I feel that Rude's had it again, hasn't he? (laughs) He had it last year and he's managed to get away with it. And Medvedev ruins the draw by winning Rome and taking the number two seed spot. I mean, how dare he do that? He's the troll. Medvedev's a troll. Trolled everybody with that Rome win. That's all he wanted. He just wanted to ruin Roland Garros for everybody. That was all. (laughs) Didn't want to have the the one-two final. He wanted to be the two. Right. Uh, Let's go to the next tweet, and we've got this one. This one's some advice for Novak Djokovic.
0: Is this advice you agree with?
1: Uh, I haven't read it yet, so let me read it. It says, to be (laughs) honest, the best advice I could give Novak is to stay. No matter the result, even if Alcaraz leads to love, just stay in the moment. Try to win every point. You never know how quickly things can change. Fight to the end, Nolay. We are with you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree completely. I think that is what he needs to do. Um, yeah. I don't think he needs um, Joker Prime on Twitter to tell him what to do. <laughs> Bill Djokovic knows exactly yeah. What what's going on here. And I don't think he'll be phased two sets down, two sets and a breakdown. I don't think he'll be phased. I think we'll get the same Djokovic. We may see some medical timeouts. We may see some potions in the crowd. We may see him go and have some toilet breaks. We may see him outbursts with Ivan outbursts with the crowd.
1: Smash a racket.
0: Slower ball tosses. It's taking longer to throw the ball up. We could see all of this from Novak Johnson. Warning. Please, don't get me wrong.
1: Time but, violation.
0: But we know he's still going to fight to the very bitter end. And I'm, I'm sorry, but it's never over with Novak Djokovic. You can say that with Rafa as well. With them two, a match is never over.
1: Do we know the I umpire for the match?
0: Two sets up, Alcaraz 5-1, Djokovic is in the match.
1: I'm interested to you know... You can't know who... say
0: that about everyone either, but Djokovic, Nadal, different breed. They're always in it. And while the, while the ball's still being hit, the match is still on.
1: I am very interested to know who the umpire will be. Do you know, are you interested... What's that? On who the umpire is going to be? Not for really. This Not
0: interested at all.
1: I'm interested because I don't really want it to be Muhammad. Are you Layan. interested?
0: In the line
1: judges are as well. No, I just don't want it to be the guy who takes steals the shot. You know that he's always just making it. Uh, it's just like it's about him. Like, and quite interesting that I was going to do. Muhammad. I was going to no Mohammed Layani. I was oh. going to do an, I was going to do a YouTube video on him about how he just likes to be in the spotlight. Uh and how like and it is a bit crazy because it was very funny because I was speaking to Dylan about this and I was just saying like it's a bit crazy. He was sort of he sort of ruined the match by pausing and, and giving Djokovic a time violation when he just read the score in Italian and then that's when the time starts. And then he gave like a pause of about five seconds and then read it in English. And then djokovic got a time violation because he said, oh, yeah, no, and I start. Djokovic
0: went well up to it, did was like, what are you doing that for?
1: He said, are you acting? Why are you acting? He's like, just read the scores. It's like, you don't need yeah, it's the a acting. Bit silly, but I've never but, heard
0: anyone say, oh, I can't wait to see who the umpire's going to be. No, nah,
1: but... That, we probably, probably already what, know. You can
0: only find out online, That's what I mean,
1: but I I'll have a, I'll have a look Nobody through. Nobody cares, Ben. I, I, I thought it was... doesn't it mean it, anything. I thought it was interesting because when we were talking about the longest match in history, which we know... Obviously, John Isner, uh, Nicholas Mahut at Wimbledon. I typed in "longest match in tennis history," and there's a picture of those two. And guess who stood right next to them? Muhammad Layani getting his face in the in the picture of the longest tennis match in history as well. So he's umpiring that one as well. Look at him; gets his face in everywhere, just trying trying to be a celebrity umpire celebrity. I, I think it's in your head a little bit. I don't know, I think that it's a thing. I didn't like
0: what he did against Djokovic that day, I agree with that, but I feel you've just got a bit of a vendetta against umpires at the moment. Maybe
1: I've got a vendetta against umpires that are mean to Djokovic, I don't know. (laughs) conspiracy. (laughs) That's it, but I did think it, I thought it was just coincidental that he just appeared in the biggest match in tennis history, he's there in the photo next to, he didn't need to be in the photo with Isner and Mahut. Why is he in there?
0: No, he would to be, mate. I think that's normal. I don't see nothing wrong with that.
1: I don't know. Seemed a It was the umpire weird.
0: for it. It would be recognised. Probably like wasn't. After
1: a... Probably just snuck in.
0: Listen, after the Grand Slam final, they'll be there as well, picking up a medal.
1: Great. <laughs> Did they get a ceremony as well? Right. Let's move on to the next tweet. That's enough of that. What's this one? We had the Djokovic tiebreaks one. Uh, this one, Djokovic talking to the media. This one is, and it's from a good friend, Pavi G. <laughs> Never controversial. Saying a slam semi-final in a big event and a big match. And I will be ready for possibly the longest match of the tournament. I'm going to fight until the last drop of sweat and the last ounce of energy. As I see, uh, this is a big chance to win the trophy here.
0: Yeah, mm. just to clarify, Ben, that's not Pavi G saying that. That is in fact
1: <laughs> <drop> of it. <laughs> Sure, sure, it's not Pavi G. <laughs> I thought it might be for one of his paddle matches. But anyway. No, it's not, it's not Pavie <laughs> yeah,
0: we G. We know we're going to get that from Jocko. Yeah, we know yeah. he's going to fight to the end. I think we've gone through this to the death. Uh, the question is, is his fight going to be enough? Well, Some of the shots we've seen from this tournament, you can have as much fight as you want. You're not going to get to the ball.
1: Yeah, it's scary. That's You can the fight thing. to
0: try and get there, but you just have to watch it flash past you because he hits the ball so hard into the corners. It's going to be very tough. And then if you get a bit deeper on the base, then all of a sudden he start drop-shotting you. Or and then... Then you start coming in. And then what's he going to do? He'll start lobbing you or passing you. Or creating oh. cra- crazy angles. He's got every shot in the book. Or you lobbing. unplayable. Unplayable. Carlos Alcaraz, when he's on, nobody can stop him.
1: Incredible. Or you lob him, or you lob him, and then he runs back and he does some crazy like back flick, like past you at the net or. Tweener. Carlos
0: Alcaraz, <laughs> Roland Garros this year <laughs> is like Declan Rice playing in Europe. Oh
1: God, here we go again. Uh, right, I'm going on to the next tweet. Uh, this one was a good one from Gil Gross. Unplayable. This. <laughs> Right, Alkaraz Djokovic in the semi final on Friday is amongst the most highly anticipated matches I can ever remember. The historic weight of this 23rd major, scarcity of not having seen a matchup in over a year, intersection of generations, winners of the last two majors, it's got it all.
0: You're right, yeah, that's Gil. a good one because you often forget that they are the winners of the last two majors. There's the two guys on tour at the moment who We want to see play more tennis matches. We've been deprived really of it because it's only happened once, and I don't know, it just wasn't enough. Like after watching it, we was all thinking we need more, we need to see next the next one. And I thought it would come around a little bit sooner, but they seem to keep missing each other in draws. On they've not entered the same tournament One's had an injury when the others not, and then of course we had Djokovic not allowed to play a lot of events. Yeah. Alex was playing them once and he missed a few. It's just they just keep missing paths. But yeah, yeah, I'd expect them the next two years or so to play a lot more matches than what we've seen, just sort of one a year. You'd expect maybe two or three a year, hopefully. Um, Because you can see them if they're playing events, they'll both get to the latter stages and they'll they'll meet eventually. And I think it is going to be an absolutely fantastic match. And I can't wait to see how it plays out. The big thing with it being the weight of the 23rd major. Djokovic, when he was going for the calendar slam, he lost to Daniel Medvedev and I felt a large part of that was, of course, fatigue as well, but it was the pressure of knowing that he is one game away. Is he going to feel some similar pressure knowing he will be the overall leader of Grand Slams? Remember, Novak Djokovic has never been the overall leader of the Grand Slam race. Yep, Is say he's, I don't know, in the fifth set, up a break, or gets a match point, championship point, or when he gets really close to it, maybe serving out for the match, will that then start becoming real? And will Carlos taking just take it all in and and do what Mukova did to Savalenka?
1: Well, that's the scary thing, isn't it? That The one chance that he had to get to 21 first was the US Open, where he got beaten in straight sets by Daniel Medvedev. Exactly. This and one and the calendar is... Slam as well. Yeah, and this one's the first opportunity to go. Well, the next opportunity to go ahead in the slam race. I don't want to see another straight set's lost. Please, Djokovic, don't do that. This one's the semi-final. It's slightly different. It's not the final. That one was literally one match away. This one, it's still two matches away. It's so, not by Ben. But you feel like he just beats whoever is the other side easily.
0: Well, not easily, but it's... It's the final before the final. This is the big one. It is the big I'm one. I'm sorry, but I don't want to be too disrespectful. We've seen Zverev in a Grand Slam final before. It wasn't pretty. We've seen Rude twice in Grand Slam finals now. It wasn't pretty either of them. Granted, he played Adklaz and Nadal. Um, Zverev played team and just threw it away. Yeah. I think if we get Zverev in a final, he's not going to get close to either of them. I think if we get Kasper Rude. He could come a little bit closer against Djokovic than what he would do Al-Kaz. Uh, But all in all, the win, this is the, I'm sorry, but whoever wins this match wins Roland Gallos. Some people are going to say, oh, you're being too dismissive of Rudenzwehr. Well, this is my opinion. That's why I'm saying it. You, you've been entitled to your one. I think it's a I'm common opinion. To to <laughs> but my opinion is this is the final before the final. And I think if you don't agree with that, you need to give your head a woggle.
1: That's it. I'll give it a woggle. Can we give Gil's head a woggle? Because he said the winners of the last two majors, actually the winner of the last three. Uh, he's ruling out Wimbledon there, Djokovic mm. as well. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you tell him that.
1: That's it. I'll teach Gil on the stats. <laughs> he, he hasn't got stats on me. Yeah, I'm sure Gil would uh, crush me in a tennis trivia quiz. Uh, I'm sure. I, I don't even know when Djokovic wins Roland Garros. You so. didn't even know the furthest Ben
0: was at Roland Garros. I know Roland that was that shame. On. That's
1: the shameful I said, one.
0: I said what Ben's got furthest at Roland Garros. You said Benjamin haspan, didn't
1: you? Apparently, there was a Benjamin Becker that you missed. Was that? apparently in the comments
0: everyone
1: was saying benjamin becker <laughs> yeah we
0: well didn't get
1: as far as i so. have to double check that one fact check fact check right let's just have a look uh, we got some weather reports i know that this is uh one of your favorites looking into being uh british weather comes first so the weather report in paris at the time of the match set to be the highest of the tournament so far. Oh, my word. This is, like, my worst night If I got all the way to a slam final, imagine it was, like, fairly normal weather conditions, and then I saw this weather report for the final, I would be crying uh, the night before. I'd be like, please get me some clouds. Please get me something. Uh, I'll be like Cam Norrie, just, like, fully, like, sun-creamed up, the whole face. Yeah. Unbelievable! Uh,
0: yes, but... Yeah, we're going to be getting the final. It's going to be the hottest day of the tournament, reaching thirty degrees. Semi-final. I don't know why it's so hot. Must be uh, Jared Bowen heading over to Paris. We know he's on fire, so maybe that's where <laughs> that's why uh, Paris is so hot.
1: You're going to make an appearance on the court. I give <laughs> to bring out. Is he going to be one of the people who brings out the players? Or... <laughs> Does
0: photos <laughs> up next to the net with the players at the start. What this means, Ben, in tennis terms is the court will be more lively, which slightly favours Djokovic, but whoever adapts to the conditions and play their best will win. Do you think a lively tennis court will favour Djokovic more than Alcalá's?
1: I just don't think it's going to matter. I feel that these conditions are all just null and void. These are two amazing top tennis players. And yeah, I, don't...
0: You, I can understand what you're saying, but surely... The conditions will favour one or the other. No,
1: I feel like it's just whoever adapts at that moment. I feel that both of them can adapt to anything.
0: Okay, but a livelier condition. Who's it going to favour? Djokovic on the or Nadal? Oh, not? Nadal,
1: <laughs> probably Nadal if he was there. Uh, <laughs> but in this one, I've got. I don't know. Djokovic's serve, but then I think Alcaraz's ground shots. Which one would you rather be favor, favoring out of those two? So I feel that they both have an advantage. So maybe Alcaraz it favors. I've
0: never had that. Both have an advantage.
1: Well, in a certain I think area. Both game. have an
0: advantage.
1: Well, in a certain area. But if they, if he messes up his serve, it's not an advantage. If if Alcaraz hits all the shots long or in the net, then it's definitely not an advantage. Well,
0: if he does that, he'll lose, Ben. <laughs>
1: If he does well, that, really, everyone.
0: Honestly, you've got some really great They're ideas be and hi- opinions. i highly obviously.
1: disappointed if that happens. <laughs> of...
0: Breaking news: if Alcaraz loses three sets, he will not be winning this year's Roland Gales. Ben's confirmed it live on the podcast.
1: Well, if he retires, he doesn't have to. So there's always that as well. Throw that one out there. That's an official.
0: Let's move on from the Paris weather.
1: We don't want any more... uh, We don't want any retirements.
0: But I do agree with you, joking aside. I don't think it's going to play too much of a factor. No. Um, yeah, I don't think it's going to come down to weather this one. I think we've gone through
1: most of the... uh, I think we've gone through all of the ones that you sent over. Let's just have a... Do you want to have a quick look at their their route through as well? Obviously, we've spoken about who tested them the most and we've spoken about the easy sort of matches. I would say... Well,
0: I'm happy I've done the antlers one at the start. So maybe this is your opportunity to go through Djokovic's route and just speak about that. And then we'll wrap it up with our predictions.
1: That's it. I thought it was quite funny. that I remember covering this (laughs) Kovacevic match at the start and then that became a little bit farcical. We ended up joking quite a lot on that one, just saying that, oh, he's an amazing clay court player. How's Djokovic beating him? But he he barely won a match on clay. It was the perfect opening match for Djokovic he didn't even have to do anything he just beat him with ease and the the poor guy down the other end he was just happy to probably be there just meet Djokovic for a bit uh, he's a part, part Serbian as well so yeah what was his Fuch- idol growing up that's it Fuchovic as well I mean Walk in the park. Somebody criticized Djokovic, I think, in the past during what the vaccine stuff. So he's on the list, con- he's
0: on the <laughs> Djokovic list with Sali, all the all the losers oh, who yeah, can't the- get anywhere near him.
1: Five and oh now.
0: And let me just clarify because I know some people are gonna get triggered with that comment. I don't mean losers in general, I mean losers when it comes to playing Djokovic.
1: Yeah, just never won a match against him. So for was actually the match. In this tournament, I feel that Djokovic has had to play the hardest of Agreed. this whole tournament. Yeah. He's actually been pushed, and he's actually yeah. tried Good to go fire. Fakina played very
0: well. Fair play to
1: him. He actually had to hit hard in in yeah. rallies to keep in with Fakina, and that's credit to Fakina. He's a bit unpredictable, but he can rally uh, like the best of them. That was a tough match. It looked one-sided, three-love. It was really close. The tie, Two tie breaks, and then an easy third set but I think that was that was what actually helped him into getting more into form I think, think for Keenan. yeah for sure and then Varias wasn't even competitive Varias, unfortunately just not at that level he played too many he played 15 sets before coming in to play Djokovic so it's just ridiculous <laughs> just didn't really have a, a chance did he <laughs> playing against like one of the best well, players it's sad
0: because he's a challenger king. And I actually was hoping for a
1: little bit better fourth player, round but. as well. He gets to a fourth round, but he's he had did to play, play
0: don't don't diss him,
1: Ben. Move he's, on to play 15 sets. I mean, some players win grand slams playing. Can they win it playing 15 sets? Probably not. No, you have to win more than that. But anyway, you could get Nothing close. You oh, could get close. To you could. You could. <laughs> you, could get, sure. you could get close. I'm sure. Uh hatcharnov Actually played play. Listen to
0: all these dodgy Ben's opinions and just realise he's supporting Djokovic in this one. Let me not say any more.
1: Hachanov actually played really well in the first set. He's proved time and again that he can take sets from big players. Did it against Rafael Nadal at the Australian Open in the year that he won it. And he always looks good for a set. And maybe even half a, half a set after that. But these best players, they sort of work him out. They work out that he's not going to last the distance against them. If they just keep him in the rallies and then start playing their game, yeah, he wears he's down. Got be-
0: he's got better in Grand Slams. He's been one of the most consistent Grand Slam players in the last yep. two years. So, yep, uh, a bit like your yep. Buster when he went for a spell doing it at the US Open. But I just see Hachanoff being a bit like a Buster. I don't think he'll win a slam. Um He'll just get there or thereabouts for a few years and then fade into the distance.
1: Yeah, I mean, he might have a chance at Wimbledon. Obviously, he's been to quarterfinal there before. Yeah. I uh, think he gets played
0: last year, so I think he's a good it. player. At all. He's a good player on all the surfaces. I don't think too much bad about, about him, because so I have done in the past, and I think I was wrong about some of the things i said, because he um, he's turned just turned a corner, and I think he's played some really good tennis. and Yeah, can't diss him. Top 10 player
1: current Hachanov. That's right. Hachanov, he, well, he's top 10 now, probably, is he? I know he's number 11 coming in. He is in my eyes, though. He's not top Felix out, I think, now, isn't he? So I think Felix out, Hachanov in, which I think based yeah, upon grandstand form, should be. Yeah, definitely. Andre Rublev, watch your back. Hachanov's coming. Uh, he's going to try and take uh, that spot off of you. Not going to be number one. Obviously, Medvedev's the number one Russian. But... Rublev not far behind. But it was Karatsov. Uh, think... Yeah, didn't have the tournament I was hoping for, sadly. Uh, maybe if he hadn't have had to qualify, <laughs> he might have done a bit better. I don't know. But it just was what yeah, it he was. Likes it? Qualifying. He got to the semi finals with his train open from
0: qualifying.
1: Exactly. Look at Offner. Got to the fourth round after qualifying. See, sometimes qualifying is a good thing, plays you into form a bit.
0: Right, let's get back to the graphic anyway because it is time to do our predictions. This Dude, is the big moment. We've got the flames. We've got the thumb. now. We've got Carlos Alcaraz, world number one, against Novak Djokovic, going for history, going for his 23rd grand slam, and also number one status as well. If he can win, Roland Garros. It's massive. It is... A difficult match to predict because I think both players have shown in the past, in their last meeting, there was nothing between them. I think Alclaz has improved a lot since then. I think he's been the best player at this Roland Garros. And I think Rafael Nadal is sitting on a yacht, probably, <laughs> smiling to himself, thinking, you know what? I'm very, very proud of this young Spaniard. He is doing amazing. He's going to be cheering on Carlos Alcalaz. I certainly will be cheering on Carlos Alcalaz from my bus in Poland. (laughs) Um, Crazy things you do as a West Ham fan. But I think Carlos Alcalaz is going to win this match. He's going to win this match. I'm going to be cheering to protect 23. And I think he's going to win in four sets. I don't think it's going to go to five. I think it's going to be done in four. And I think it's going to go one set all. And Alcalaz to take the second, and the, no, sorry, the third and the fourth set. The fourth set will be a tiebreak, break And he'll beat Djokovic's tie-break record of not losing the tiebreak. break He'll lose his first tie-break in the fourth set. And everyone's going to be looking at that fourth set thinking... Oh, it's about to go to five. Djokovic has never lost a tie-break. You're going to be on the stream going, oh, look at the stats. He's never lost any tie-breaks. Oh, he's definitely going to win. My prediction, 7-4 Djokovic. And then what's going to happen is Carlos Alcaraz is going to beat him in the tie-break, 10-8. Let me rephrase that, 9-7. I'm bringing it down to one. 9-7, Carlos <laughs> Alcaraz. No, 9-7, <Nine, laughs> fourth set. Carlos Alcaraz, he's going to be in the final. Come on, Amos.
1: Okay, so Alcalaz in four. In I've been short. quite
0: precise as well. Hopefully you can be similar.
1: I was uh, already, but I will do it again. Uh, for, I hope oh, you I don't can change on. your
0: mind. Usually it blows with the wind.
1: Nah, I'm going to stick with it. Stick with it. Stick with it. That's what you got to do. Stick to your guns. And uh, sticking with my Djokovic prediction, I am going for Djokovic in five sets, five gruelling sets. Probably every set will take an hour, knowing what these two are like. Um, I think that Djokovic will lose the first set. I feel that the second set, he will win on a tie break, I think. And then the third set, I think Djokovic will also win. Alcaraz will then come back. He will fight to get back into it and he will make it, uh, two sets apiece, and we'll go into the final set shootout and Djokovic will just I, I can't remember what I said in the, my preview but I think he'll just outlast him in this one he'll just get one break at some point latter in the latter stages of that set and we'll take it but it will be nip and tuck I don't expect there to be all holds of serve there may be a break of serve on either man's side before we get to that final uh, break of serve though so I think it's going to be an interesting leggy affair in that field so it's about who can outlast the other battle of attrition probably about four hours 45 on the clock and then we'll finally get the match point and then it will be done
0: and then it doesn't matter anyway because Caspar Rude's going to sweep both <laughs> of them in the final straight <laughs> sets.
1: That's it. Caspar ah, wins. wins no, joking first.
0: aside, vamos, Carlitos. He was my pick before a ball was hit, and I'm sticking with him. I've been so impressed. Outstanding tennis player. One for the future. Uh, but do let us know in the live chat right now who are you supporting? Do you think Carlos Alcalaz can win his second Grand Slam? Or do you think Novak Djokovic is going to make history with 23? Let us know right now. We are going to be doing the play-by-play for the match. so Don't go anywhere. Make sure, if you're excited like me and Ben are, hit that like button right now. Hit the subscribe button as well. And we're going to be bringing you all of the action. <sighs> Take a deep breath. Not long left to go now. Please. Come
1: on, Carlos Alcalá, do it for me. Yeah, well, we will wait and see. It is not long to go. The countdown is on. I know we had the countdown to Roland Garros, but now we have the countdown for the biggest match of Roland Garros. It's nearly upon us, everybody. Do not go anywhere. Do not adjust your TV screens or your computer screens or your phone screens. Just stick with Game to Love. And we're going to take you through the entire semi-final. Irimo, no ole.
0: Press the countdown button.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.